when I'm in a situation or a mood or a feeling that's uncomfortable, I can ask myself, does this serve me? In other words, does the way I'm responding or perhaps reacting to this situation serve me? Does it serve my highest good? Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on social media. And if you do, please be sure to tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 201, Questions from Listeners, Responses from Barb, Part 1. Today's episode is something different in that I'm answering questions from listeners. In my celebration episode 200, I gave away three private coaching sessions to one lucky winner, which was Sarah. And the way that people could win was either to submit a question for me to answer on the episode, or they could sign up for my email list, which By the way, if you're not already on it, you should be. I send out Friday Fragments, which are short essays on topics very similar to this podcast. Now, some of the questions I got for episode 200 were things that seemed really appropriate for the interview with my podcast manager, but most of them were really questions about boundaries or about recovery in generally general. So I'm covering those here. That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go through the questions I got from listeners, and I'm going to break it up into at least two, if not more episodes so that I can keep them brief the way they usually are. Since last week's episode was so much longer than normal, I don't want to do that to you more than one week in a row. And I'm going to do my best to answer these questions. I want to thank everybody who contributed and participated in helping me celebrate this amazing milestone. And I am so excited to have achieved this. And I'm now working my way towards episode 300. All right. So here we go. First question is from Deb. She says, how to get out of yourself? You know, when something happens or doesn't, and you get a grudge or super sadness, and she put victim in parentheses. I know, thanks to you, how to recognize victim mode, but how do I get out of this shit? I suppose I should be happy I recognize it, so yay, but how to shake shit off is the question, and saying, it's not happening to me, it's just happening. Wow, I love that. I say it every day more than once. Thank you so much for this question, Deb. Yeah, when I learned that things were happening, that they were just happening, they weren't just happening to me and at me, that was a game changer. So 
The first thing that comes to mind for me, Deb, is that when I'm in a situation or a mood or a feeling that's uncomfortable, I can ask myself, does this serve me? In other words, does the way I'm responding or perhaps reacting to this situation serve me? Does it serve my highest good? And maybe you need a change of perspective if it's not serving you. And one of the ways I change my perspective the most frequently is through my nightly gratitude journaling practice. I will put a link in the show notes to my episode about gratitude in case that's helpful. I talk about how I went through it. But when I do that, I am looking for things for which to be grateful, which means I dig back through my day looking for different things. And there are some very obvious things for which to be grateful. But I also have learned that I can spin some things in a new way because I'm coming at it with a lens of gratitude. Another possibility of getting out of this shit, as you say, is having affirmations that work for you. The one that I shared with you that you like, it's happening, it's not happening to me, can be really, really helpful. What I think is important here, Deb, is that you recognize that what you're doing or what you're experiencing isn't serving you. And it sounds like you've got that, but perhaps ask yourself, what will serve me? And I know for me, what serves me is coming at things from a lens of gratitude. The second question is from Leanne. She says, can you talk about concrete steps to develop and rely on a power greater than us? How to move from control slash defense slash protection to trust? Or how to be okay with the idea of developing my own understanding of a higher power as opposed to the truth or the one that is right? Perhaps I am wishing that you would talk about spiritual experience sufficient to recover or something like that. Bill Wilson talks about the educational kind and the miraculous kind. The AA Big Book talks about helping alcoholics to find a power greater than themselves in order to recover. Can you talk about that process? I also have religious addiction, and she put abuse in parentheses, in my past, so this all gets tricky. What is the difference between reliance and dependence in terms of health? Thank you so much for all you do. Well, thank you, Leanne, for your question. This is such a great and important question. And again, I'm going to do my best to answer it, but I honestly don't know if I'm the best person to answer this question because when I came into recovery, I was already a spiritual person. I already believed in God, but perhaps sharing a little bit of my story from before that will help you. So I was an agnostic my entire life. I have an older brother who was a staunch atheist, and he was the most important influence on me in terms of anything having to do with God, religion, spirituality, etc. And I was like, nope, atheism does not work for me. There's something going on here. I don't know what it is, but the only models that I had for anything to do with God were religious models, and they just didn't make sense to me. I heard and saw a lot of hypocrisy And I didn't realize there was this whole pantheon of like religions and notions of spirituality and gods and all that sort of thing. Well, when I was 37, through a series of serendipitous events, I came to read the book Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I read it over the course of a weekend, and by the end of the weekend, I was no longer agnostic. I 
was a believer. And it was because that book answered all of my questions to my satisfaction. So I cannot recommend that book enough. It is the most important book I have ever read in my entire life. And it didn't just change my life, it changed my universe. That being said, when I first started using the word God after reading that book, the idea of God having gender was just ridiculous to me. I mean, it still is. So back then, I would say or spell the word G-O-D-D-E because it was like halfway between God and goddess. Now, I often use the pronoun he, but I don't really mean it. It's just expeditious. And I have let go of a lot of the hangups I had around words like church and God and spirituality that I used to when I first read that book. So that's my story of going from being a non-believer to a believer. What changed for me when I got into recovery, though, is even though I identified strongly as a spiritual person, I didn't use my higher power. I did not seek guidance or assistance. I felt like I had to take care of everything myself. So when I learned that it was a thing to hand things over to God, to let go of the outcomes of things, I was like, wait, what? Now, in the beginning of my newfound relationship with God in recovery, the fact that I could just let go of stuff and stop worrying about things was miraculous. It wasn't even whether they worked out for me. The miracle was that I could just stop fucking trying to make shit happen the way I wanted it to. I could stop perseverating about things and catastrophizing about things and say, all right, God, I'm going to leave this in your hands. And the release of tension for me was so fucking enormous and so important to me that that in itself was a miracle. Now that showed me there's something here. And we're not even talking yet about what happened as a result of that in terms of outcomes. Right now, I'm just talking about what happened in my body And the fact that I was so much less stressed because I didn't have to be, quote, in charge of everything. Well, then when I started doing that, my life became easier in addition to me having less stress. My life just got easier and easier when I stopped fucking worrying and stopped trying to make shit happen and being controlling and all that sort of thing. And when I actually started asking God for guidance, that was a whole other level of miracle. I have so much evidence in my life now that my, quote, faith in God is no longer really faith because my understanding of the word faith is that it's belief without evidence. Well, I have volumes of evidence now that when I turn my will and my life over to the care of God, then my life works way better. Because God has all of time and space from which to draw wisdom and experience. And I have my teeny tiny little 59-year-old Barb Nangle life on planet Earth. And then there's also my limited capacity to see beyond my own perspective in making decisions. So I would way rather tap into something greater than myself 
And I know that for some people, especially people such as you, Leanne, who have had religious abuse in your past, the idea of thinking of God or deity is just not something that's going to work. What's not so important is that it be God necessarily, but that it be something that is more powerful than you. What we say in recovery is that our problem is lack of power. And that is why in step one in every recovery program is to admit that we're powerless over whatever. Well, if your problem is lack of power, then what you need is some other source of power. And it would make sense that that source be a power that is something greater than you. Now, things that come to mind that are powers that are greater than you could be nature, universe, the force of gravity, the process of evolution, the ocean, the wind, just something that is more powerful than you, that you can say there is something more powerful than me and I can't handle this, so I'm going to let, I don't know, the wind or the ocean handle it. Even if you can't wrap your mind around how the hell is the ocean going to make a difference here, It's you letting go of that thing that is the important part, at least in the beginning. Now, you also asked the question about reliance and dependence, and I'm going to do my best to answer that. I can't help but think here of dependence as something unhealthy because of the context of recovery that we're talking about here. My core issue is codependence. So I was dependent on what other people thought of me. I know I needed them to believe that I was helpful or nice or whatever, and that was not healthy for me. But for me, relying on someone means knowing that I can count on them. I trust them because they've shown me repeatedly over time that I can put my trust in them, and that seems healthy to me. What occurs to me regarding relying or depending on a power greater than ourselves is the question of whether we have an outcome in mind. Let's say you really want a particular job and you don't get it and you think that God should have given it to you. You might feel like you can't trust God because God didn't give you the thing you wanted. But if you remember, God has the entire universe and all of eternity at its disposal. And so there are things you cannot see that God can see. And maybe you didn't get that job because there's another job down the line for you. Or maybe if you had gotten that job, you would have lost the love of your life or had your arm cut off. You can't know that. I'll use my own life as an example. When I got laid off from Yale University in 2017, I got eight months of severance. And during that time, I could not find a job. And I ended up going on unemployment, and I still couldn't find a job when I was on unemployment. Well, it turns out that I needed to start my own business and this podcast and go on a six-week solo road trip and meet my sweetheart, and none of that would have been possible for me to do those things had I gotten another job at Yale University. Now, at the time this was all happening, it sucked ass, and I was at my wit's end And I was super upset, but I was also staying really close to my higher power because I knew from past experience something good is going to come out of this, but I had no idea how good those things would be. All right, we're going to go on to our third question. And actually, this is going to be the last question for this episode because I'm going a little long here. This one is from Vanessa. She says, hi, Barb. I love your authenticity and vulnerability. 
Congrats on your 200th episode. I am a 36 and a half year old mother to a grownish 19 year old son, and I'm having a difficult time letting go of him as my baby. Yes, I was a teen mom. He's my first and only child. I've had miscarriages, and I look at him as my miracle boy, aka the golden child. I often do things that disregard his autonomy. For instance, we live together and I find myself still going into his room looking for a t-shirt to wear, notice his room is messy, and start tidying it up for him. It's only after I leave his room that I realize it was wrong for invading his space. I think I'm running on autopilot when it comes to him. I'd love to start creating healthy boundaries as we enter this new era of our relationship, Vanessa. So Vanessa, you are not alone, and this is a common kind of thing that people come to me for boundaries coaching for just saying, but congratulations to you on seeing that what you're doing is not what you want to be doing. That's really the most important part here. Now, I'm not a parent, so I can't imagine what it's like raising someone their whole life and treating them in a certain way and then changing it after 19 years. What occurs to me to say here is one of the best quotes that I think is perfect for parenting is that your job is to give your child roots and wings. You want them to feel connected to you and safe in the world. That is rooted. But you also want to give them wings to be able to go out into the world and spread them and live their life the way they want. And they can't do that if they're entirely dependent on you. So what I recommend here is you having a frank conversation with your son and say exactly what you said to me. Tell him you're having a hard time letting go, give the exact example that you gave, and tell him, you know, I didn't even realize until after I left that I was invading your space, and I really want to stop doing this kind of thing. And then ask him, can we talk about what we want from each other in our relationship now that he's grown? and see how you can work together to make that happen. One of the most important things that I've learned through the process of building healthy boundaries is that it's all about directly communicating with other people about what the truth is. And the truth is, for you, Vanessa, from what you said here, is that you want to change your ways, but you don't know how. Getting his input for that and getting his feedback on that is going to make it a lot easier for you to figure out where is the line between being a supportive mom who's giving her son wings and in a way that works for both of you. So that's it for today. And I suspect there'll probably be two more episodes with the rest of the questions, but maybe I can fit them all in in the next one. Thanks and tune in again next week. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, 
family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-release podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listened to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.